It's time for gate speed on this Monday morning, and the team is back. The band is back. Blake Reddit and Jason Bonington. Good morning to you, Jason. Good morning, Gareth. Yeah, wonderful to be back with you and Bakes. A terrific weekend of harness racing in multiple states. I look forward to digesting it all. And Blake, hello to you. Gareth, it's, uh, it's going to be a good episode, I feel. We've got plenty to talk about, so can't wait to get stuck in. Let's get ready to rumble. Our first point. Self-assured stamped himself in the Hondo Grattan. The scary part about all of this, Jason Bonington, as I go to you first, is that Mark said... I nearly choked on my cornflakes reading this uh, this morning. Mark said that he didn't quite feel the same horse than he did um, well in Victoria than he did at New South Wales. Now, he's gone the biggest ever. Is it the biggest ever performance I've nearly seen when he finished second in that Bonanza? So that is quite scary for his rivals rocking up for the chariots. And also, of course, the big one, the Miracle Mile, Jason. Well, I was actually eating Nutri-Grain, and I had yeah. to have the Heimlich manoeuvre performed to me when I read the same thing. I must say, my life was in the balance for a moment there. Like, he did hang quite badly a couple of times at Ballarat, and he was he was beaten in the four-year-old Bonanza. But if he wasn't right then, um, wowee, because he's gone as big as you could possibly go in defeating the four-year-old Bonanza and the Ballarat Cup. So if he's gone to another level, and to be honest, I don't think there's any indication personally, like, just step away from Mark's comments. There's no indication that he went any better in the Hondo Grattan on Saturday night at Menangle Bakes. It was a very, very impressive victory. He did the work. You put to bed a horse that you've had a little bit of a knock-on for a while in Balraj, but then Demon Delight and Max Delight. Horses like this got a hell of a lot closer on Saturday night in the Hondo Grattan than they did in the four-year-old Bonanza, but I'll take Mark's word for it because we believe for a fair while, certainly I have, that Self-Assured's the best horse in Australasia, and he, he went one step closer to proving that, I guess, with what he did in the Hondo Grattan. But if he's only going to get better, it's quite frightening for his rivals. Yeah, I think that the most important point here is they didn't break the clock. They went 150.3 on Saturday night. But he was working three wide to the breeze in the 25.8 first quarter. And that's what undid Balraj, who has run quicker time in the past. It's not as if he can't um, run a, a 149 mile. But just he, he maxed out early, Balraj. And for some reason, or... or you know, seemingly self-assured, didn't even though he worked three wide to the breeze. So despite the fact they got a breather through the middle part of the race, uh, I think that's certainly worth noting all that work he did to get to the breeze self-assured and then to be able to put Balraj away and hold off the closers. It probably was a bit better than it looks on paper in terms of the overall performance, but, I mean, I think we know how good he is anyway, self-assured, and that was probably just a good tune-up, a good hit-out for, uh, well, getting him qualified for starters, but uh, heading towards the... Chariots fly now and then the Miracle Mile. What about Pat Knives, his rivals, in a tough SA Cup success? And we had a chat to Kara Manning this morning here on RSN Central. And she's only had this horse a short time, Jason. But um, he has impressed her. And this horse had to cop a little bit of pressure there in the early stages of the South Australian Cup. But Pat Delight was too good in the end. Yeah, the first sign of this was in the Casey Classic. Now, stroke of luck is a pretty handy horse, and Karen chose to drive Pat Stanley over uh, stroke of luck in that race, and he was an eye-catching place-getter on, on that occasion and was in front probably 30 metres after the line. So he's obviously a really nice horse. Um, he's come from New South Wales and only had three runs here. The first two were sit sprint bakes, but... Karen had a plan in mind. She said, we're leading, and I don't care how much pressure you pour on me, we're retaining the front because I know this horse 
can cop the pressure. Rackham up Tiger Pie made the move at the right time, and you thought when they turned the bend there, I know it's only a short straight at Globe W, but you thought, gee, Rackham up Tiger Pie has done less work here, but Pat Stanley just kept on kicking. He's a little bit like a, a mini-yard Rooney. He's not in that class, you wouldn't have thought, but he's got that uh, those fighting those fighting qualities, and his win the South Australian Cup was, well, it was very, very impressive, very, very tough. Blake, just quickly, Pat Stanley, I want to ask you this question. What was Kenny Rogers thinking? <laughs> oh, I think if Ken had his time over again, he probably <laughs> wouldn't have drove, driven Joe's a character the same way. I mean... Should have known when to fold him. Um, yeah, yes. yeah, no, he probably, he probably could have folded them earlier because After it's not, five only, metres. Um, not only cost him any chance of running top 10, which he, he's run 11th, but um, it's also probably ruin the chances of Little Peanut. So that we have to, I guess, take with a grain of salt. Little Peanut, we put aside and we say, well, that wasn't his best form and we don't worry about the beaten margin there. But I do think that the first couple franked the form because Rackham Up Tiger Pie had looked like he was getting back towards some better form in his last couple of starts. So the fact that he's gone and run so well and Pat Stanley's been able to hold him off, I think the form will stand up really well out of the race and, and Pat Stanley is going to be a you know a really lovely free-for-all horse going forward for sure. Okay, the third point is Lanakai launches in most incredible debut there, Jason. Yeah, I still don't know whether anyone got that uh, that gambler reference from Kenny Rogers, but we oh, I did in a way, and I so, said after five so, metres. So, Lanakai, <laughs> this is the fastest ever Premier Stakes. He's won by 65 metres. Not often you see them win by 65 metres. I don't know, what would that relate to? That's like a 20-length win or something in uh, in the, in the thoroughbred world for those listening that aren't uh, that au fait with the trots. But huge win. It has to be said when you go through the Premier Stakes on a roll, Bakes, that you don't necessarily go on with it. And we are in that little transitional phase at the moment where we're just going to start to see all the really, the smartest two-year-olds probably turn up. But he couldn't have done any more. As you were watching, you were thinking, what the hell am I watching? Then the time came up, 1.54. And it's very, very quick. I'm, I'm not willing to go quite off the deep end just yet. But, gee, he couldn't have been more impressive on Saturday night. No, and, and the thing, I guess, that we learned from it is he took on the benchmark in Ultimate Exclusive, who was one three from three. And... Um, looked very good and ultimately exclusive, had no excuses. He sat on his back and uh, he was beaten 65 metres. He was he was solid late, ultimate exclusive to hold second. But, uh, I mean, yeah, just an incredible performance from Soho Lanakai and got everybody talking on Saturday night. There's no doubt about that. And that's that's a good thing for the sport. So whether he measures up to the, to the elite level at the back end of the season, well, maybe that's not important right now. If he goes on and wins an APG or a, Breeders, a Bathurst, Crown, then then he's going to have done his job. But um, I I certainly wouldn't be um, wouldn't be knocking him going forward to to say that you know he's not at least going to be the benchmark for the next little while and perhaps the whole season based on what he did. So um, no, just just an incredible win, and I think um, I think we'll certainly hear more about him anyway going forward. Were you expecting that? No, I mean we, we didn't have any vision from the trial. No. He won a trial at Tarang, so he obviously had a little bit of ability. It wasn't brilliantly bred. I mean. He was nicely bred. He's, he's obviously owned by Rob Watson, who generally only has nice horses, and Mick Stanley um, trains him. So, so there were signs there. I think, you know, I marked him a little bit shorter than he started, but I don't think with ultimate exclusive in the race you could have had him favoured or anything of that nature. But, um, well, he certainly proved that any doubt is wrong for sure. Jason's got a lot of love for our next point. General returns and confirms he's standing as a rising star. It's actually not right of me, Gareth, because really Blake's more more okay. all about about General Dodge than I am. But certainly, like the, the win was phenomenal, and look, the time wasn't unbelievably spectacular. But I go back through 
the last 10 years of watching races at Melton, particularly over the short course. And horses just don't win the way he did. He came from second last. He had to peel three wide off a tempo, which was not frenetic. He had a good horse out in front to catch. And he was never going to get beaten. I backed him and I thought to myself, you're actually, you're going to win the race. It's just a matter of when you get to the leaders. And, uh, you know, I remember Tell Me Tales beating Guilty Hanover in this fashion. Belle of Montana coming from way back to beat Miss Streisand in a heat of the Oaks last year. But the win was huge. And you've been talking about it all week after his phenomenal trial bake. So you must have uh, had a grin on your face when General Dodge did what he did on Saturday night at Melton. No, I think we've always appreciated him and, and to see him sort of come back from 18 months away from the races and and do that was, uh, yeah, it was nice. It was really nice. And from Michael Chirkoff, Mick Chirkoff, he's obviously been really patient with the horse and hasn't pushed him um, when perhaps he could have in the past. So, uh, no, he's he's an excellent horse. He obviously didn't run as quick in, in the races he did at the trials, so there's scope for improvement. I guess the, the little, maybe not knock on him, but I'm not sure that he has blinding gate speed. Uh, that's something that maybe he'll need to develop or or use more going forward if he wants to win big, big races. But at this stage, you know, even though he's won 12 from 16, he's still a work in progress. And I guess they'll take their time with him relatively, maybe look at a country cup or something of that nature. But um, he couldn't have done any more resuming anyway. Miracle Mile market, self-assured $3, Chase Auckland at 5 Blingon on 6 Cruise Bromac at 6 The Fixer at 8 King of Swing at 9, Colt 31 at 10, Ultra Orlando at 11, and Major Dan at $11. He won at Menangle on Saturday night. Can he win a Miracle Mile, Jason? Uh, in a word, no. No, he can't. Um, he's a very, very good miler. And I don't think, in fact, I'm almost certain he is the horse who's broken 150 more than any other horse at, uh, at Tabcourt Park, Menangle. He went 50 flat on a bog track on Saturday night. So that was... If that wasn't back to his absolute best, it was perilously close to being back to his absolute best. He's a really good horse. Can he place in a Miracle Mole? Maybe. Can he win a Miracle Mole? I would say no. But I tell you what, with his blinding gait speed and his capacity to run time, he will he will certainly help to set the race up uh, in the Miracle Mole, Major Dan, because he's a he's a very, very good horse over the short course. I've always had a, a re- really good opinion of him. Bakes, I don't think he could win a Miracle Mile, but he certainly adds something to the mix now that he's back to his best form or certainly appears to be based on what he did over the weekend. Yeah, that, that's very fair. The, the one question I would have for you, Bon, is self-assured clearly doesn't have the gate speed of some of these horses he's going to face in a Miracle Mile. So he's an all-in $3 favourite right now without having even earned his place in the field. Can he sit parked in a 148, 147, 7-type mile and win a Miracle Mile? How... Is there a path to victory for self-assured in the Miracle Mile? Yeah, 100% there is. You don't lead and win Miracle Miles hardly at all, uh, particularly in Menangle. It just doesn't happen. So you don't worry about the horses with express gate speed. The only thing is, I understand what you're saying, that self-assured is probably not going to be... It's going to be unlikely that he'll be able to play the hunter um, and just sit off the speed where most Miracle Mile winners do come from these days. So he's going to have to... He's going to need to be absolutely exceptional, but... He wouldn't have to improve much. He made an excellent point. Now, he didn't win by a massive margin on Saturday night, but the fact that he's able to work through a 25.8-second first quarter and still have a kick in the locker at the finish means he's going to be very hard to beat. And at the moment, new contenders will emerge, but I will say this, it doesn't at this very moment in time seem like it's going to be an absolute vintage miracle mile, and he's an absolute superstar horse. So... I still think he's clearly the one to beat. And to answer your question in short form, yes, I do think there's definitely a path to victory for him. The price is not great, but there's definitely a path to victory. My two bobs worth there is that it doesn't matter 
about gate speed come Miracle Mile Day because we've seen in the past the gate goes that quick at it, it takes away the gate speed of horses because you're going that quick to catch the mobile. You haven't got the ability then to go to another level. You can't show your turn of foot because you're going flat out um, as it is. So it's a big advantage to those horses that have no gate speed. Plus it's a big advantage to those horses that have a gun draw in the Miracle Mile. Excellent point, Gareth. Couldn't yeah. have uh, couldn't have said it any better myself. I could yeah. lead from barrier one in a Miracle Mile because of the mobile. Well, it, just, it, it gives you appreciation of your former horse, uh, Gareth Hector JJ. It, Rob, I think, he, I think I think he went nineteen point three off. Do the you think I'm the still dead? The water straw. <laughs> like, and uh, I just I, I think the mobile should go as, is at the same speed as of it does. Of course, it should. Yeah. Um, Point number six, Mac Dan gets his derby by bordering a border hopping Saturday night. He went over to SA. Um, is there a New South Wales derby in this place, or was that his derby there on Saturday night, Jason? Yeah, no, I don't think there's a New South Wales derby in him personally. He was, he, he, he was very good through the Victoria Derby Series, and I know, Bakes, you, uh, you sort of highlighted him as a horse to follow through that series. The Candyman drove him like the best horse in the race, and he had to do a power of work, and the win was meritorious in... Uh, in South Australia over the weekend, but I reckon he's just a shade below the very best. But it wouldn't surprise me one bit if you had a slightly different opinion. I do. I do have a slightly different opinion. I don't think... I mean, as good as lineup was through the Victoria Derby Series, I don't think he's a dominant three-year-old. I don't think he's just going to go out and win the New South Wales Derby untouched. So for that reason, I think there are dangers. And I think Mac Dan, based on the way he ran on in the Victoria Derby without much luck, and he's gone on to win since, obviously, and... He didn't win by a big margin, and he's beaten He's a Shark and beat City. So um, you, you wouldn't get too carried away with that win particularly, but we know he's a really well-bred, uh, staying-type Mac Dan, and he was very good over the staying trip in the Victoria Derby. So 2,400 at Menangle open track shouldn't be a problem. So, yeah, I'd, I'd certainly keep him under notice. I'm not saying he can he can absolutely blow them away in a New South Wales Derby, but he'll certainly go there, and, um, and I'm sure he'll acquit himself pretty well. Love the passion of Jimmy Jakes. I thought Aussie misfired. Aussie won the Trotters Cup. Not his mock, but it was a great, it was a great call. Here comes Aussie. He came about a hundred times there on Saturday night. But what a performance! And um, I love Jimmy Jakes. He adds a lot of colour to his calls. I don't know what was. I don't know what I enjoyed more. I took it all the racing Saturday night, and I don't know whether I enjoyed the calls of Jimmy Jakes more or Mark Olmos's reaction when he came back to Sky One afterwards. What did What did Mark do? Oh, Mark was just—you could just tell Mark was—he uh, he was floored. He was flabbergasted. He, he was—it actually tires you out, actually listening. But uh, it was some magnificent calls, and Ismox a really interesting uh, horse. Bakes only had a, only had a couple of starts, but yeah. Now, if you're sitting at home, you would have thought maybe Aussie Aussie had uh, Aussie had won the cup, but it was definitely Ismox, and uh, it was an impressive victory. He's obviously got a reasonable future here in Australia. Yep. No, he's well. He's two from two, and. He looks like he's got scope to improve even further, is Mock. So, good win. Aussie obviously enjoys um, enjoys every win he gets, I suspect, and no more so than a big Group 2 Trotters Cup on Saturday night. The penny drops for Ray Harvey. Uh, obviously, only has a small team, but he was excellent running second. So, uh, it, was a, it was a quality version of the South Australian Trotters Cup, I think, on Saturday two, night. Two quick points before we shut yeah. it off here, boys. Just very quickly that we're going to discuss on In The Gig as well, I reckon. One is... The first out of the in the mirror in the uh, Chariot of Fox should say the first four horses home in the Honda Gretton the Pale Face Adios get a run, and the fastest fifth place getter is that a is that a, a flawed system given the fact that they raced on a bog track, 
on Saturday yeah. night. Makeway ran fifth and he's probably unlikely to make the field now because they'll run a quicker time if there's less inclement weather on next weekend. And the other question I had for you is, is it time to return back to an invitational miracle mile system or are we happy the way it's working now? Oh, it's a no-brainer for mine. You have to compete, say, in New South Wales. You, you want to see them racing there, but you still have to invite the horses for the Miracle Mile. So have a, a criteria that you do have to run in New South Wales at some stage in the last 12 months, and I can understand why they want those horses there, but it has to be an invitation race because that's gets everybody talking, and I've always been a massive fan of that, and I'll stick to that. This is RSN Central. This is Gates Speed, Gareth Hall, Jason Boddington and Blake Redden. Jason just brought up the point. Do you think that Harness Racing New South Wales and the Menangle Club need to change their criteria for horses gaining starts in their premier race, the Miracle Mile? I say we go back to an invitational type of um, race there for the Miracle Mile. I want the best horses competing in the best mile race in, the, in Australasia. Jason, which way are you leaning? Yeah, 100%. I reckon there should be... So there's ways that they can get the horses still up to New South Wales and there should still be maybe a couple of qualification spots available if you win some lead-up races there. But by and large, it should be an invitational race. Peter Volandis has taken this, turned it into the Everest in the thoroughbred world, works spectacularly well. You get so much mileage out of it and you get the pomp and ceremony bakes. After race, what they used to do, you know, you'd go down there and you'd give the invitation to the uh, to the winning connections and say, now you're in the Miracle Mile. And it's just that, it's that pomp and ceremony, the intrigue, the controversy that I think the Miracle Mile, you know, could use with these days. But I don't know what your opinion is. Yeah, no, I agree with the general sentiment from both uh, both you two learned gentlemen that the fact is, if you want to go up to New South Wales, is they will still have the $100,000 qualifiers. They will still have the uh, chariots of fire, the ladyship mile. So... Uh, there's really no need to make it an automatic qualification. If you want to go and win those races anyway, it's still good money on offer. And uh, and then they can just choose from those races who they want in their Miracle Mile. I think it makes sense. I think we've had in the past a couple of horses, without naming names, that have qualified that perhaps don't deserve to really be in a Miracle Mile. And Name be. names? No, well, I, don't, I can't think of any specifically, but there's been a couple that have sort of snuck through for third up the fence yeah. in the, chari- in the Miracle Mile qualifiers. And it just, it makes sense that if you can sub those out for horses that will add intrigue to the race, as Jason said, well, um, it can only be a good thing for the Miracle Mile. Yeah. The Miracle Mile needs X Factor, and um, by choosing the field, you'll get some wrong and you'll get some right. But like the Hunter Cup, in a way, you'll get everybody talking, and everyone has an opinion, and you might not agree with it. Um, but it gets everybody talking about that race. And when they're talking about a race, they want to watch it. And when they want to watch it, they might punt on it. And then it means everybody's a winner, Jason. 100%. No, you couldn't, you couldn't have said it better. That, the thing is, you've got to get relevance. You've got to get yep. talkability. And we didn't manufacture it. Uh, you know, it wasn't a manufactured thing with the Hunter Cup, but it just happened in the turnover numbers. We can talk about them maybe next week. Were they good? Were excellent. Yeah, were that's why King of Swing should have been in the race, because we all backed him, brother. And he'd be the okay. first horse I'd pick for the, I'm not talking, for the Miracle I'm not talking Mile. about the Hunter Cup itself. I'm talking about the entire <laughs> meeting, Gareth. I'm talking about the entire meeting. And good news, you know what I'm really looking forward what, to? What, Jason? You and I are going to be working together an extreme amount over the next three or four weeks. Yeah. So it's going to be wonderful to see your face. And if anybody wants to see, you know, like a married couple bickering for uh, for the next few weeks, we're going to be doing a fair bit in the Greyhound world. So I look forward to that as All well. All right, then. Good on you, Jace. Thanks for that. Good on you, Blake. Thanks, Gareth.
remind Jason this is a harness segment. Um, <laughs> thank you, Jason. You're a good man. Thanks, Gareth. See you soon later. It's Jason Bonington and Blake Redden, and that is gate speed on this Monday, the 10th of February.